What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with David Arlo over Zoom video. Arlo is born and raised in London, talks about how he got into music, really didn't pursue music at all until he was 16 years old. Didn't sing, wasn't in chorus choir, anything like that. He ended up meeting a friend who was friends with a producer and they just thought, oh, you, you know, you should meet so-and-so. I think you guys would get along. And Arlo meets this producer. They started working together. The producer said, hey, you know, you've got a cool speaking voice, uh, unique sound, uh, unique tone. I think you should sing. They start writing some music together. And that's really how Arlo's career began. Arlo talked about writing the first song that really meant something to him. Like he, he said he found his voice in this song. And that's what really sparked his desire to pursue music as a career path. Arlo talks about going back and forth to Los Angeles to record this new batch of songs. And we hear all about the most recent single, which is called Speeding. You can watch our interview with Arlo on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with David Arlo. Hey, what's up, Arlo? How are you, man? Hey, how are you guys? I'm fantastic. I appreciate you doing this. Oh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Sorry, I'm a one minute late. <laughs> it's all right. We'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Well, I'm Adam and it's uh, so nice to meet you. I'm excited to hear your story. Oh, brilliant. I'm Arlo. Nice to meet you. Nice to Hi, meet Arlo. you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the new song you put out, and I just watched the video. It's really rad. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I'm excited to kind of uh, hear your journey in this industry. Yeah. Um, what do you want to know? We could, Everything. Can no, yeah. Every- <laughs> oh, I don't we'll start. We'll we start could be here all day. <laughs> um, Where were you yeah, born and raised? Yeah. Born in London? Is that what um, I said? Yeah, so I was born in London, uh, East London. Hack. Have you been to London before? No, unfortunately. I, I'm so I'm a, I'm from the United States. So I'm so untraveled, man. I went to Mexico. <laughs> I, I grew up in San Diego, and I could like throw a rock over the border into Mexico. So I've been down there a few times or a lot of times. Right. But aside from that, like, I suck, dude. I haven't came out to anywhere yet. I need to. <laughs> no, you should. You should definitely come to London. It's a <laughs> um, Yeah, so I'm from London, born and raised uh, East London. Hackney, which is a bit like being from New York and like being in Brooklyn. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hip rare. Uh, so Hip rare spot. Yeah. Now, growing up. Oh, it, it wasn't. wasn't. Like it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like. I guess same with uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn now. I'm like, hmm. I, I, actually, enough, I used to live in New York. I lived in New York for like two years. And I never, ever lived in Brooklyn. But like by the time I left Brooklyn, it definitely became one of those places where everyone was like, oh. I live in Brooklyn now. I'm, I live in Flatbush or I live in Williamsburg. And I'm like, oh, sure. very fancy. Yeah. yeah. So, But like in the, the 1990s, it was like, oh, you live in Brooklyn? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so yeah, London, born and raised. Um, went to school there. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah I, um, went to university in London. I didn't study music. Um, oh, okay. I stu- studied uh, weird enough politics and economics. That's what my degree is in. Oh, would you um, want to be? A, yeah. Did you want to work in that field, or you know what's weird? It's yes and no. Like I wanted to, but in the moment I started studying it, I quite realized I didn't want to. Yeah, you're like, wow, <laughs> yeah, this like, is corrupt. This is, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I went to quite an international stu- school. So you, you, can you imagine all these sort of international students in one room talking about international politics? You hear a, a, a variation of opinions. Oh, I um, bet. And, <laughs> and so I probably a variation of quite- like a very uh, uh, media skewed in whatever way, you know, like oh. exactly. You know, I know about your country because of these things that my country's media has told me and vice versa. I bet it got pretty uh, uh, heated, yeah. <laughs> to say the well, least. You know what's so interesting? Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like, the royal family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What part? Um, the, the conspiracy? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she's a lot older than me, but she was like, I think she's like four or five years older than me. But like, I guess she might have taken a few years out of university. Um, like, you know, like, she, my... my um, <laughs> I'm going to get this wrong. It's either Princess Beatrice or Beatrice Be- Princess Eugenie. Okay, one of the two. One of the two. I'm going to go with Beatrice. I feel like okay. I'm going to say it's the one with red hair. I think it's Beatrice. Okay. Uh, she's, she's like four or five years older than me, but she was in my class at university. No way. Yeah, yeah. And it weren't like a posh school, I think. Not like, yeah. It was like a regular university, but like, um, she was studying, I don't know what she was studying. You know, like when you study one of those sort of like history, history, political science courses, you do a bunch of different modules. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we shared this one module together. And like, I just always remember her like not saying a word in class and like us getting an She's email. probably told not to. <laughs> that too, that too. They're like, getting if you want to go like, here, you got to just sit there and not speak. And nod, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember us getting an email being like, can everybody please like respect her privacy? Um, because I, I I think people like taking pictures of her and stuff like that. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, it was, it was I, I don't think I ever said any word. Um, I never in the year that we spent in class together, I don't think I said anything to her. Um, Whoa. yeah, super interesting. Um that's wild. Yeah. You'd be like, aren't you like <laughs> loaded? <laughs> what, what are you doing here? <laughs> no, exactly. And I, and I think at that time she must have been like seventh or eighth in line to the throne or something like that like Jeez. now now it doesn't matter where she is now there's too many of them but like right, she was right. quite important back then so you're like oh and you were just weird you would come to class and then you would like see her in a newspaper the next day like she'd been like at a party or something it was very very interesting that yeah in class. oh my gosh that's wild um yeah. do you come do you come from a musical creative house a little when it comes to you know no no. <laughs> not a musical bone in our family nobody is nobody wow is where does your voice come from then <laughs> um, i don't know i, I honestly don't know like it, i i've never been like you know you, i've got so many sort of musical friends now and artists in the industry friends in the industry and they, they all have the sort of same story like oh yeah i came out of the womb singing or yeah uh-huh. my mum's got tapes of me um dancing yeah. to michael jackson i have none of that like no memory at all of singing sub the age of like 16. Wow. Like I don't ever remember, like maybe singing to my friends and stuff like that as a joke, but like never being like, I don't think I ever went into a recording studio. I was never one of those people who 
performed at school or was in the choir or anything like that. Yeah, so never did that. And then when I was 16, I met a producer, um, a really big producer at the time. He had produced like a lot of like Duffy stuff. Do you remember Duffy? Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, Duffy. Um, he'd done some stuff with Amy Winehouse. He'd done some stuff with Adele and he was quite a big deal. And uh, a friend of mine was like, you two should meet. Um, it's funny, I tell the story, but I can't actually remember why he suggested we meet. And then he, we, he, he was like, oh, you should try singing. Like, he was like, you've just got an interesting talking voice. I bet you've got an interesting singing voice. And mm -hmm. I started singing and he was like, you've got a really interesting tone of voice. Like, you should really like, like pursue try it? and pursue it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, no, that's not for me. <laughs> so I'm an academic, I'm not, not a creative. <laughs> And, like, I'm going um, into politics. Yes. I'm a singer. Can you imagine? And I spent some time with him, like over the next two months and recording demos. And I was like, oh, this seems like something fun. I could do this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we started working together more over the next two or three years. And then we stopped. And then when I got back, when I went into uni, we started working again. And then, you know, you get into the, that's how I sort of got into the industry. You find a manager, you get your first record deal. And then, yeah, so it yeah. takes off until it oh doesn't gosh. take off. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, obviously, like, there's a lot of steps in there. But, like, to to meet this person, that kind of just, just from their suggestion of, hey, like, I think you have a cool, you know, interesting speaking voice or you have yeah. an interesting tone. And then you start, did you, um, did this person have songs or, like, how, what were you, were you in covers in the beginning? Or, like, how did you get into, like, obviously now having an artist project and, and, being you know this is your thing no we would we wrote songs and like the songs were, can i swear no yeah you can say whatever you want oh they were fucking terrible <laughs> there you were, go <laughs> no lie they were fucking terrible i remember i had a song that was called incredible and it just basically persisted of how incredible i thought it was <laughs> that's how bad it was that's how, like, no nuance nothing it's just a bad song um and then we, we wrote this one song I remember, I remember it quite vividly. It was called Why Won't You Love Me? And um, I'd read about a friend's relationship. She was like going through this really bad relationship. And it was the sort of first song that I sort of wrote and was like, oh my God, like I'm a songwriter. I can do this. But like before yeah. that, I just sort of said, I never really understood the art of music. I just thought, oh, you want something a bit catchy. Like the sort of like really juvenile infancy of me just coming into this industry and not really knowing about writing songs and just like, ah, oh, well, this is the sort of music I know, like, and this is what I think is going to be popular. So I'm going to write these sort of songs. And they were, they didn't have any substance. They didn't really say anything. Yeah. You were, you were kind of writing gearing towards like, oh, this is what is working kind of thing. Like, exactly. oh, this, this, like this sounds like the songs that I hear on the radio, or these are the songs that I like listening to. So you were just kind of trying to write in that vein, I guess. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, that song was like the sort of first song that I was like, oh, like there's actually some meaning here in my lyrics and there's a like real depth. And I think that's something that we've, it's weird. I think actually that song has sort of set me up for the rest of my career because I think all of my songs now have something like that. They're very meaningful. Lyrics are super important for me. Um, I don't think I'll ever write or record a song that doesn't have that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, almost so like you, when you wrote that song, you kind of like, you yeah it's you, you knew the 
it's like there was some there was meaning behind it and it was personal yeah. to you and it it was like instead of just like oh i'm writing to try to sound like these people are writing because this is working it was like you wrote something more i guess authentic to yourself exactly a hundred percent and i think it's to your point it's definitely become the blueprint to it was the sort of first moment i was like oh this is sort of like how a song i write sounds like and how it should sort of make me feel uh-huh and like now when i write music and if i don't feel like that i don't i know it's not right okay interesting yeah because you know, yeah. you kind of were able to find your voice, so to speak, in that first song, or in that song. Exactly. And like what I want to say as well, like what I want to talk about. And I think that has changed a lot. I think a lot of my earlier sort of music was very relationship driven. Mm-hmm. I was, and now I, I think it's a bit more personal. Okay. It's, it's more about how my, I'm feeling mentally and like, my my actual emotions. I wouldn't say any of the songs that I have released or about to release are about relationships. If people uh, take that, that's great. This is what you want for music, however it resonates with you. But I think a lot of them have thought I've written them from a real personal, introspective point of view, where it's like I'm sort of looking at myself, asking myself, what can I do better, and what have I done wrong in the situations that I'm finding myself in. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. it's like. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, the, wow. Okay, I just think I, I I'm in recovery. I've done I've, I worked in A and all that stuff, and that's kind of like okay. one of the pieces to it is like you have to see where my role was in the situation. Like where was I, like yeah, this I have resentments towards these people for X amount of reasons, but then it's like well, where was my yeah? How did I you know what wh- what did I contribute to why this is this situation happened so to speak? No, like that's 100%. interesting that 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 you're yeah, I love that. You know what's so funny? I think it's a very American thing, which I quite like. Like, like counseling and therapy isn't really a thing here. It's like it's becoming bigger. But like when I my first ever trip to LA, everyone I knew or anyone I met was in some sort of therapy. They were like, <laughs> yeah. like all of the all of the, all of the writers, all of the um, producers I worked with, they were like, oh yeah, I go to counseling, I've got a therapist. And they mm-hmm. they talk in this way where it's sort of like they third person themselves and then give advice. And I'd be like, oh, I've realized that younger Arlo had issues that older Arlo is now dealing with. And my therapist says, so I just need to be really vocal in my emotions. And I was just like, so weird. I've never seen people talk about this before. Like I was like, mm-hmm. but and it there's a, there's a sort of like snobbery that you can have to it where people are like, oh, why the hell are you talking like that? But I just found it really interesting. And I felt like what I really valued in it is their ability to look at what they were doing and work out what they were doing was, what exactly they were doing was wrong. And it was something that I, t- I definitely took from me, took from that and brought home. It was like, I'm now very more, very conscious of my actions. And mm-hmm. I feel like I hear it in my songs. I'm sort of like, yeah, I fucked up. I did this wrong. I said that. I was selfish. I was greedy. I was too ambitious. And actually, yeah. I think that experience, if I never had that experience in LA and saw that, I don't think I would have done the work and consistently still try and do the work now if I didn't, if I didn't go for that. Wow. That's very fascinating. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, it does it, the self-reflection and where my role is and everything like to hear you say that like that. I mean, it, I connect with that so much. Like it's, uh, was it hard to kind of be vulnerable like that when you came to writing? Were you like, oh, uh, my, 
kind of worried about what I'm going to write or did you not even think about it? No, it's super embarrassing. It's, it's super embarrassing. You sometimes, like the really you are, I feel like the more, even more embarrassing it becomes. And then you, you have these ideas and lyrics or songs. You're like, yeah, I want it to be this. And then you listen back and go, oh, I can't believe I just admitted that on record. And like, and there's, there's something in it being, being toxic, being a guy and this toxic masculinity and not feeling that we can be that vulnerable. And then right. the fact that I'm black and the fact that I'm like, there's just so many things that sort of tells you, oh, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be this vulnerable. And it's like, oh, what happens if my friends hear this or my family? They're going to take Mickey out of me. Right. Yeah, what are they going to think? And actually, it's sort of therapeutic, really. I bet. I'm like, yeah. like, oh, I've got quite a lot off my shoulders here. Like, oh, I was thinking, I was feeling like that. And I don't feel like that anymore now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it out there, and right? Think, you put pen to exactly. paper and it's like, okay, now it's, it's in the world. I'll give that to somebody else now. And it's almost like when I, I've noticed with artists or even like social media and, and TikTok and all these things where the people that find success on those apps aren't the people that are recreating a moment or something that someone else mm-hmm. has done or like jumping on those like trends. Like maybe it'll get them a little bit more, you know, likes or whatever. But in the in like, no one's going to keep coming back to that. It's like, because it's not authentic, right? And like, it's when you when you're hundred percent authentic, and the people that are just going on the app and laying it out there, I feel like that resonates with so many more people because you're saying whatever other people are feeling and thinking, and they just don't have the words or the courage or whatever to say it. No, you are hundred percent right. I think what's super interesting about the conversation that we're having now these days with mental health is that. It's great. We're all talking about mental health and it's like we're, we're being conscious of people's health. I think some of the issues that sometimes I think that we have with, with that discussion is that actually there's there's a range of emotions in that, that we actually people go from happy to depressed. Right. And we forget we sometimes and I'm guilty of this as well. We forget all of the other emotions in between. And like, when have you ever heard say someone you pick up, you call you call your friend and you say, how are you, Tom? And Tom says, I'm sad. Tom right, will never always, say I'm sad. fine. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm <laughs> always I'm fine. I'm good. Or I'm depressed. It's always like the sort of like there's no in-between, but all those in-between emotions are good. Like mm-hmm. saying that you feel angry, saying that you feel jealous, saying that you feel sad, saying that you feel disappointed. Those all of those emotions are valid and real. And like I I I think it's important. And I feel like it's something that I really try to talk about in my music mm-hmm. they're apparent like i i ha- i've been really fortunate i've never really suffered from depression but i have had a range of other emotions mm-hmm. that are just as valid to talk about sure like sp- speeding is purely about disappointment and rejection uh-huh and there are there are people who have heard that record and be like, oh, you were really depressed. And I was like, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't actually. I was, having a really good, I was actually having a really good time in my life. But <laughs> I, I was I wasn't depressed. I wasn't in bed. Like whatever depression that word looks like to you, and when the word looks like to me, I wouldn't describe my feelings at that time as that. I would describe it as exact disappointment. Mm-hmm. That I was constantly hearing no, 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 not good enough, not right now. This isn't the time for you. There's potential there. 
And I wanted more than that. I wanted a yes, right. we'll do this. And those and those are, and my point there is like those are valid emotions, and like, that's what I hope people take from those songs. Is like I actually, it's okay to feel disappointed and rejection because mm-hmm. actually tomorrow somebody's going to say yes. Right. It's okay to be sad because in a few weeks you might be happy. Well, there's the thing that I've heard other artists say, you know, you'll get a million no's and then all it takes is the one yes, right? A hundred percent. I mean, at the point I was writing this music, I say before, not not during the actual time I was writing, but what led to the inspiration of that music, the music that we're about to release, was just consistent no's. No's, 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 no's. And I think it gets to a point with, like, I hate this word potential. Because I think it's a, yeah, nobody wants to be, nobody wants to be potential. Like, fuck that. Like, I want to be. It's almost like a condescending word, right? Like, oh, like they don't want to say you're not good or like, it's just like, oh, there's potential. It's like, well, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, how do I potentially get to the next level? Like, give me some, (laughs) give me some goddamn advice. (laughs) I'll be like, I'm tired. Like, I said to one of my managers, I'm I'm tired of being potential. Like, and, and it's not even so much like with me, it was definitely more career based, but like even just relationship wise, like I've got friends who are all at this sort of, well, they feel like they're at this age where they're just like, oh, I'm ready to find my wife or my husband. I'm ready to have kids. I'm tired of being an option or potential. I want someone to pick me. I want someone to choose me. And I think right. that is definitely how I felt in my sort of career aspect. I just felt like, oh, I'm fed up now. Like, me and you, I ain't got time for an alpha. get to know each other stage or we're going to figure it out at a stage. I want someone to go, hey, Arlo, I pick you. You're my team. And yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. what a lot of that, a lot of those songs, Speeding in particular, is about. When it comes to that, like, was how, how did you kind of continue to have that, like, uh, the fire to continue through that? I mean, to hear... A, a bunch of people say, I don't know if it's a bunch of people. I'm just going to generalize. Say a it was bunch a bunch. Of said, was yeah, a bunch. said no. And you're like, God, like, I know these are good songs or I know I'm, I'm, I, I should be doing this. And like having people continually say no, how do you just go? You know, I, I don't. Yeah. That person said no, but I know, I know in my heart and I know in myself that I'm good enough to do this. Like that's probably, I mean, that must be a pretty hard thing to do, right. To keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like, was there like a, a you must did you get some validation bef- earlier on or at one point did you get like your first like okay like maybe you had a bunch of no's and then it was like a yes or a bunch of no's and then this thing happened and you're like okay now i can keep moving forward or was there i mean obviously now you you, you have that but i meant prior to getting the you know like the next piece of the puzzle so to speak to move forward no, I think I think what I learned during that process is that it has to come from you. There is a delusion that any creative artist has to have that, like, I am the fucking shit, and it's uh-huh. just you just don't know it yet. You, do, I know it. You <laughs> just don't know. You're gonna you're gonna figure out soon. That I've all this time I've been telling you I'm fucking dope. Like you're gonna right. learn that soon. And the moment you start believing that. And like, like, and you, I'm sure you hear so many guys saying, though, like, you just have to sort of persevere and believe it. It honestly is so true because people want to work with people that think they're stars. People want to be around people. Like, when you meet music guys who are so confident in what they do, you can feel it and see it in them. 
Mm-hmm. Like you're like, wow, that guy's a star. That girl's a star. I'm gonna see it in them. And like, if you walk into the room and you're like, do you like the music? What do you think? Like, oh, can I? Have and I started realizing that, like, that I had to be confident in what, like, I'm not going to be Beyonce. <laughs> I'm not going to be Adele. <laughs> I'm not going to be Michael Jackson. All I can be is myself. Right. And if I can be the best myself I can be. People are going to go, you know what? I quite like that David Arlo guy. I quite like what he does. And that's what I had to get to. And, and, and the position that I had to get myself into a place where I go, actually, what I am doing is good. And then once yeah. you start believing that, it starts Things going start. in a direction. Yeah. Well, you're 100% yeah. correct when it comes to uh, uh, it, like having that confidence. I don't, yeah. Delusion, I guess, would be a, a, <laughs> you're like, you like, it's like, yeah, I know I'm good. Like, I, I, Obviously, you have, I don't know, it's like there has to be some skilled backing in your brain. Like, you know, in your brain, like, I am good. So there's not really, it's not delusion, but it's like, uh, you need, people will will hear this. You know, I don't know. It's like, they will understand. But, but having the confidence there to go into a room and if you're kind of like passive and, you know, like, uh, you know, I think this is good. What do you think? Versus, oh, I got wait till you hear this this song is so yeah, good like uh, then i think the person's already like oh you know this is probably pretty good this person's really pushing this at me versus like oh he doesn't he's not even really behind it so this might suck like am i wasting my time with this a hundred percent i think i think com- confidence is just a key to anything being any sort of creative like people want to work with people don't tell me don't have me tell you what i think you should make you should be coming in telling right. me, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. And this is what the music. And like people, you, I see it. People resonate with that all the time. They're like, oh, he knows or she knows exactly the kind of artist they want to be. And like, fuck with that. Like that's the, and, and it took me a while to re- realize that because you could sometimes be a victim of all of the voices around you. Oh, mm-hmm. He's a bit this, he's a bit that. And when you find the confidence in what you do and go, yeah, actually, you know, actually, this is how I sound best. And this is the kind of music I want to make. It just all seems to fall into place. And I know, it's, I know there's probably people who listen to this or watch it and go, yeah, it's so easy to say that. It does take time. Yeah. <laughs> Rome was not built in a day. But <laughs> it, it, it takes, I saw a t-shirt the other day that said, Beyonce was not built in a day. And it's like, actually, well, it's so funny because like we, we look at it as like the epitome of greatness. So like sort of the greatest artist of our generation. And, like, mm-hmm. and I'm sure she'll be the first person to say like, I wasn't always like this. Like, no, she was singing like, yeah, like uh, I think she sang like in front of barbershops when she was like in Texas or something, like Houston or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, we we have to give our we have to give ourselves grace as artists. And like tomorrow, what are we gonna if we keep working at this? What are you gonna get about? Right, right. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with everything you're saying when it comes to like yeah, it's like if you don't go in there knowing what your product is, like who's gonna buy it, I guess, so to speak. Like, you know, and it is hard to find your voice. I mean, I I was on terrestrial radio for almost two or twenty years prior to really just doing the podcast thing full time. But that was the hardest thing. Everyone like you try to emulate the people that you looked up to or heard. Mm. Like you want to sound like so and so because you like their music, but you want to sound like Beyonce. And it's like, well, there's already a Beyonce. You're not going to ever be Beyonce, but no <laughs> one's ever going to. You know what I mean? Like no, she already exists. She already exists, but you could be her as good as Beyonce or write a song and be at that level. But, but you have to be, you know, Ar- Arlo could do that, but you trying to be Beyonce and write, you know, whatever, uh, 
it wouldn't make it doesn't make sense but no, it's the I hardest know, thing to exactly like to really like do like they just go oh be yourself and it's like well that's hard it, it's i don't yeah. know it's really weird it's hard to be yourself not as i don't know but it, it no, is you're, really I mean, difficult you're on, it's hard to i think you're actually on it you're hard to it's hard to be yourself when actually everybody around you is telling you that being someone else might actually potentially be better be better for you right exactly Exactly. It's, it's so true. So true. <laughs> so um, I, you have a, you had a couple songs bef- prior to putting out Speeding. Um, yeah. You know, Settled did really, really well. And and, um, and from there, like you signed to, was, was there stuff through Speeding? Like how did you like form that, putting that song out? And then what do you have coming up? No, so uh, I... T- t- I signed to Arista in 20, what are we now in 2023, 2020, during the pandemic. 23. In a, oh, in really? The, yeah, middle of the pandemic, um, which was very interesting. Um, I got signed yeah. off a bunch of demos that weren't, speeding weren't in one of those, in the demos. And then um, we spent the last two years just writing, flying back and forth from London to LA during the pandemic. During wow. the pandemic. Yeah, which... Obviously, during when travel bans, right, right, of course, yeah, yeah. Where, like illegally flying. <laughs> um, but, but it was like hell because I think there was times where like you were allowed to fly, but like there was moments where you weren't allowed to fly directly from London to New York uh, to LA. So you oh. would have to stay. So I would have to fly to the Dominican Republic. Stayed, which I sound so ungrateful, but I'm telling you, it was hell. You would fly to the Dominican Republic for like two weeks. No, three oh, you weeks. Like it was quarantine days. or something like that. For like oh fifteen my days God. on your own in like a really sort of budget, all-inclusive hotel that was like super far from anything, so you can't even leave. Yeah, you're just kind and of. And then stuck. you would st- like, and you they're, they're like, there. make sure you don't, yeah, like have the virus or something like that. Because exactly. <laughs> you, you don't want to go anywhere because you don't want to catch anything, which will jeopardize the trip that it's already paid for you to, for you to get to LA. And then you'll get this thing like, I don't know if you've ever been to these sort of all inclusive hotels. And I did this about three times. I did it once earlier in the year in like January. So I flew to Dominican Republic, then did it again. I went to Mexico and then I did it again and I went to DR. But you do these things where you're like in these all-inclusive hotels that you're really only ever supposed to stay there for like three or four days mm-hmm. because that's the way they cater them. And they're like, so <laughs> say they have a menu, the, mon- the menu's from Monday to Thursday. Come Friday, that menu starts again. Yeah, you're back at Monday. <laughs> so I, like, I could have swore we had nacho- nachos on Monday. Like, this is exactly the same thing. It got to the point where the waiters used to like clap when they saw me. because they're like, oh, here he comes again. Like, oh, here he is. You would, literally, yeah, <laughs> you would literally only see couples there and they're like on their anniversary or their honeymoon. And then you got me, Billy No Mates. Like, I'd no, my manager didn't come. It was just me on my own. And I did these oh, long wow. trips. Uh, but yeah, it was great. We ended up, I ended up going to LA and working with a bunch of amazing writers and producers. And yeah, that's sort of how those songs came about. Like, and a lot of the stuff that we're getting up to release, the tracks, they've all come from those trips. That's exciting. So Speeding is the first of that set? Yes, Speeding's the first. And sort of, the, it, it, it was the first, it's like, it's weird because I feel like we've had the song for a long time. It was probably one of the first things I wrote when, we, when I came out to LA. Um, so it's weird because it's like, I say this a lot, I'm not in the same place as that song is anymore as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Again, like I said, it's a lot about rejection and removing yourself from 
people that don't serve me and I feel like I'm such in a much better place that like I'm like oh I couldn't imagine removing myself from the people I'm around now because they're my people do you know what I mean yeah 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 um, it was definitely a, a moment in my life where I definitely felt like confused and so yeah it felt like the the right first single to go with okay and um is that going to be part of a bigger project or you have just you're going to put a bunch of singles out like what is kind of your It'd definitely be a layout moving forward Oh, cool. But, but, uh, that's definitely a project, but I think we're going to go a couple of singles next. More. Makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think screening is definitely like the sound, but I think there's going to be other stuff that I think you just get to hear my voice and some of my story more. And then there are, but there are, I think what I really like about screening, I think is it really does sh- sh- show that sound, the soundscape of like what the rest of the work, body work will kind of sound like this sort of real big, and I was going to say enchanting, but that's not the right word. Sort of like euphoric. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Feeling, feeling to it. Yeah, I think a lot of the songs have that. Were you getting like, uh, I mean, were like Rivers and those other songs pre- prior, were those written when you were in London? Like, was this your first kind of trip to LA to do like, put write music and, and record music? Yeah, yeah, 100%. All of those songs I've released before were all in London. And then everything I've written on that's coming out now has either been written. Yeah, I think they've all been written in LA. LA. Was that a different, like, how different was that? And were you like a different, like, were you inspired in different ways coming to LA versus writing in, in London or no? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, like, like I said, that whole journey of just like everybody talking about their therapy and like that definitely yeah. inspired. Me. Yeah. Like, oh, sure. It sure. made me. It definitely made me want to be honest, a bit more honest in the music. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, a, definitely a challenge in the first in the first place of like doing it. And like, oh, there's a lot of pressure. You feel like you don't really like. Work. It's weird. You meet someone who you're going to write a song with, then you have like you meet them for ten minutes. You have a coffee. You grab something to eat, and you're like, cool. We're going to tell you my whole life story so we can write a hit song. Right, right. It's like, oh, okay. I'm going to tell you my whole life story. Like, you're practically a stranger ten minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now you've got to like open up completely about everything. Exactly, exactly. Even things I wouldn't even tell my closest friends. I'm like telling you to make this song make sense. Right, right. That's interesting. I'm sure that has to be difficult, especially in the very beginning. You're like, oh, like, what am I getting myself into? I got to tell this person some deep, dark secrets or something I've never even told anyone else, my family, friends, whatever it may be. No, a hundred percent. And I think what I've been really fortunate is I've worked with the same people now for the last two years. So they've uh-huh. sort of become my friends, like Marcus, who I wrote, um, Marcus Amato, who I wrote Speeding With. It's like, uh-huh. I was about to call him my best friend, but like, he's not my best friend. <laughs> I was a, I was a rich. <laughs> I hope he doesn't see that, see this. But he's like, what, I would say he's one of my really good friends. Like, out, like we talk all the time and it's not about music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. we've built a real brotherhood. Like we support each other. And like he's a really amazing songwriter. He's written songs with Giveon and Khalid and Fred. like wow. he's done some amazing stuff. And like Malay has done like who I also worked as wrote, co-wrote and produced uh the two Frank Ocean albums. And so Jeez. like amazing yeah. people we've worked with. And like to be able to call them up and ask them for advice or be like, hey, I don't understand this, or I should I be doing this? Or I'm worked on this record. What do you think of this? Like and then also have that relationship with them outside of music is just a blessing. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, yeah. I, I love what you're doing thus far. I can't wait to hear the 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 next batch of songs or the next single. Oh, thank you. Yeah, your voice is incredible. Um, I appreciate you. Yeah, and thanks for your time, Arlo. This has been so much fun. 
No, thank you so much for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. And thank you for the conversation. No, uh, thank you. I have one more question. We kind of yeah. touched on it a bit. I mean, a lot kind of in the middle, but I'm just going to ask it again. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Don't do it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Give up. Uh, <laughs> Go get a degree in political science. Go get a real job. <laughs> the amount of so funny, I was talking to someone about that the other day. The amount of times it's creatives, we say, as creatives, people say to us, like, you should get a real job. Like, it's so disheartening. Like, what does that even mean? Like, go get a real right. job. Um, but talk like, to this question. isn't a real job. Like, I'm not working yeah. my ass off. Like, probably more, like, definitely more than eight hours, 40 hours a there week. You, go. you know what I mean? Eight hours a day. Yeah. You have to work hard. Like, I I think, like, so I see so many young artists and young, just everyone in the creative. And so I think sometimes we can see things on social media and we think, oh, it's so easy. It's so much, guys. Like that music video, just speeding, to like two days to shoot and like two weeks to make, like two or three weeks. Like countless ideas and Passes well, it looks like a film. I mean, it's, it looks so good. I mean, the way it's shot. I appreciate everything. Yeah, I appreciate it. But like, you have to work hard is what I'd say. Um, the buck starts with you and ends with you. If you think somebody is going to come in and do this with your career, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, in the fairy tales, happens once the once in the blue moon. But like majority of people, you see these the biggest artists in the world. Majority of the time, they got there through their hard work and being the CEO of their own sort of business and their artistry. It's like directing it. And then I'd say, don't give up. Like you have to have like that delusion we talked about earlier and that confidence. And like you're going to hear a lot, a lot of no. So you know, when I hear a no, like my manager laughs at this. I just go to bed. If, I, if I, I get bad news about something, I don't know. We didn't make something. Well, just, literally, I'll be on a Zoom like this. They'll tell me that. And I'll be like, great. Turn my laptop off, go to bed. Wake up in the morning. It's like, it's New not day. that bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. You didn't make that. I guarantee in a few days' time, you'll, hear, you'll get some good news for something else. So I would say that, yeah, like, I would say those would be my big advice. Work hard. Don't quit. Don't give up. And, like, you have to be the leader of it. You have to take the, take the steering wheel and charge forward with it.